Welcome to Sports and Stitches, the podcast where we discuss sports. We laugh, we yell, we hurt each other's feelings. Hope you enjoy the show. Yeah, and I am a Giants fan. So uh, Nobody likes you. Yeah, I really don't like you. Uh, I just have a quick question for you guys. All right, so you see an article, a mountain lion's killed. All right, what's your first instinct, right? Like gun, right? Gun, what? maybe a What's our first arrow. instinct? Yeah, like yeah, maybe you see a, a mountain lion's killed. Gun, definitely, gun. My gun? my step my stepfather actually hunted, went on a mountain <clears throat> lion hunt and has one. Brandon, you've seen it in our living room. He hasn't mounted. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. I mean, he had to go out. He had to he had to go out with an ot six because you just can't get close to them. Well, this guy in Colorado did, and he choked it to death. No. What? Yeah. So this what? runner in Colorado was out running a trail and he was attacked by a juvenile mountain lion. Um, the estimated length was four feet, roughly around the size of a German shepherd. And during the autopsy, um, because the police had to conduct an autopsy to make sure that this guy didn't just go out and kill a mountain lion, the cause of death was suffocation. <laughs> oh my gosh. Can we give wow. this man a medal? I, I don't know if you realize... I'm sure th- the two of you realize how big and strong a mountain lion is. Antoine, you know, growing up in the city. Yeah, I don't know, have a clue. A mountain lion is, is a very, I mean, you might as well just call them a tiger. I mean, there's a reason why yeah, they're called a, lions. <laughs> they're right? apex yeah. predators. They will kill you. Yeah, they routinely they, they get to do. about 180 pounds. I mean, their, I can't, their paws can be the size of your head. Like the, the, I'm the baffled size that it was face. a runner. I'm baffled that it was a runner. <laughs> I mean, he, are you saying that most runners are pacifists, or what are you trying to say? No, I'm saying that most runners aren't like <laughs> strong enough to choke out a lion. No offense to the sport of running, but you don't get strong doing it. You get good at running, like, and you tend to get skinny and not it. Like, this I, dude had to do jujitsu or something and I, I, just really know like, how to use those I would like bony see, forearms. I would like to see a picture of this guy. Like, it's one thing that's lacking in this article. Is a picture of this runner that choked this mountain lion out. Yeah, they haven't released his identity yet. Uh, apparently, he he got messed up. Like no doubt about it, the lion got his blows in. But uh, yeah, yeah, he choked him out. I, I can't the- wait for Leonardo DiCaprio to star in this movie. <laughs> 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 or what was the guy that uh, was it 87, 87 nights or whatever? James Franco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. had to cut his own. 100, cut his 100, own. 100 and something hours, 127 hours. Yeah, or something whatever like that. it was where he cut his own arm off. Yeah. He'd be good in that movie. What what, what kills Leonardo DiCaprio? A mountain lion or a floating door? <laughs> I don't think okay, anything well, kills case, Leonardo it was, DiCaprio it was the except ocean. for frozen water. It was water, the yeah. ocean that killed him. Hey, you can't a, choke out the ocean. ocean. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot choke out the ocean. Maybe you can't. <laughs> speak for yourself uh, speaking of choking guys my story <laughs> I, hold of, on I, I just want to give you like mad props from taking that was a that was a awesome transition yeah. and, 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 and and antoine antoine and i's line of line of work transition is so important and i'm just going to give you five stars on that transition that was that was amazing I agree. Good job, man. Good job. So my story comes out of the great uh, U.S. of A. Um, I found it on the BBC this week because surprisingly, you can just scroll down their headlines and they've always got a crazy one. And it's usually from the U.S. You can just scroll down the BBC. (laughs) Yeah, right. Straight down the BBC. Uh, (laughs) Hawaii may increase the legal smoking age too. Are you ready for this, guys? 100 years old. I mean, I feel there like if you make it to 100, new... you deserve a cigarette. <laughs> right? <There's... laughs> That's the first thing I thought. Like, all right. <laughs> like, you've you've done it. You can. Hold you on. Can, can you imagine introducing, you can like, now. introducing the tar from tobaccos into your lungs at 100? Like, like, your lungs have been, for the most part, probably completely clean until you're 100 <laughs> years old. And you're like, first cigarette, you have a seizure. Like. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I. 
I don't know what uh, it's got to be bad, but it's in a new bill proposed by uh, Richard Cregan. The smoking age would increase rapidly between 2020 and 2024, and it effectively rules out the entire Hawaiian population. I am very, Uh, very. I can't believe that it was actually proposed by a Democrat. I'm surprised by that. Yeah, it uh, it's a um, Hawaii is already. Uh, their legal smoking age is 21. It's already higher than the rest of the United States, um, but this would this would push it out to 100. It's a, a effectively just you know banning cigarettes um, without doing an uh, an all out ban. I don't know that it'll pass constitutional muster um, because it sort of a, effectively ends up being an all out ban. But I think that's crazy. I I don't know if I. But I mean, is it not, by but, law, is it an all out ban if you're saying, I mean, it's just like alcohol. You can't drink alcohol till you're 21. So are they is are they setting it to 100 years old? Because they're like, that's the only way we can technically get around that law. That's what I think is happening. And you know what? Kind of good forum, I guess. I mean, I, I guess I, I support it in theory. Smoking is not great for you, um, but. It's kind of a weird thing. Like, if somebody wants to buy cigarettes, who are we to tell them no kind See, of thing? I mean, for, for me, so have all of you, you three, have all of you guys at least smoked one cigarette? No. Yeah, I have been on again, off again smoker. Yeah. I so, never since have. college. Never, I never smoked. So, <laughs> all right. You so, guys lie. No, I, I've literally <laughs> never smoked one cigarette or cigar in my entire life. Nothing with tobacco. I've never chewed, smoked anything. So, for me... This well, bill, I was a military it, guy, man. That's that's pretty good. Yeah, I don't know how I didn't chew in the, in the Navy. I, I have no idea. I mean, I was every single day, Brandon can probably attest, every single day, like five or six times, people are like, you need to chew? You need to chew? You need to chew? Or <laughs> you love it whenever it's like people are in the middle of something important, like you can't leave unless you need a smoke break. You like really think about going out and you know starting to smoke a cigarette because you're like, man, I could really use a break right now. But yeah. I I just never have. So for me, something like this is not even a big deal. I'm like, I've never touched a cigarette or a cigar or anything in my entire life. So it's not a big deal. But for people like, you know, on again, off again, or if you are a smoker, I could see it being a a huge deal, maybe even more so than the people fighting for marijuana to be legal would probably be worse with cigarettes. Just because there's so many more people, I think, that smoke cigarettes than smoke marijuana. So yeah, I think I, I think it would, it would be huge. It would be crazy economic difference. I mean, imagine the revenue that like gas stations get from the sale of tobacco to completely it cuts out an entire industry. Like, and that would have huge effects. I think now maybe that's not as big a deal in Hawaii since it's a lot smaller, um, and maybe gas stations just don't get their revenue that way maybe it's it's something that is plausible but i just think it's a it's an interesting story at the very least but i also thought it was funny that they picked 100 years old i just you have to wait until you're 100 yeah i just can't i can't imagine i can't imagine no might pass (laughs) i pick a number between one and 100 i mean listen if if it's gonna pass anywhere it's probably gonna be hawaii (laughs) well i'm just saying california Everything is basically going to e-cigs and, and vapes anyway, right? So yeah. they're excluding them. They're they're excluded out of this bill. So just to ban cigarettes, I think it might pass. Even cigars are left out of the bill. I didn't read that. So e-cigarettes and cigars are both left out. Yeah, it's just, it's just you pure cigarettes. You can still get your nicotine. All right, from Brandon, what, huh. what, do, what do you have to say about this bill? Because... You know, I, I, I know I know you like to light the up the occasional cigarette. Yeah, Once no, in I a mean, while. I I was I was trying to go to Hawaii next, but I may have to change my orders. Um, <laughs> my cousin's actually out there, and he is a huge smoker, so I feel bad for him. He his blood pressure is going to go crazy, but I don't know. I just I think it's going to be really hard to pass. Uh, people stationed people stationed in Hawaii on base. You know, everything's always different on base. Like, you'd probably, I, I doubt that it would be like an on base law as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, but with so many more ways to get nicotine, why not pass it? Just say, because I just, I just read another article that a jewel like blew up in a guy's mouth and killed him. 
Well, that's what you yeah. get for smoking one. The cigarettes never. I'll tell you, the cigarettes never done that. <laughs> no, it just kills you slowly. It just gives you cancer. I gotta. Be. I don't think you're. I don't think it, that's the strong argument you think it is. It is a valid argument, though. Why not die when you're 55? You know. <laughs> yeah. So with that, uh, you know, dying, uh, we're gonna move on to mine. Uh, the title of this is, "Why don't you die?" Australian fight with a spider sparks police call. So apparently in Australia, so as everybody knows, there's rather large um, everything in Australia, even spiders. There was a man who basically somebody walked by and heard him yelling repeatedly, why won't you die? And a toddler (laughs) screaming in the background. The neighbor called the police and multiple units multiple not just one multiple units responded with lights and sirens to this man screaming why won't you die and apparently he was trying to kill a spider and he had he has a crazy fear of spiders i can relate to this i hate anything small you know i'm 6'2 like 275 and i would rather i would rather like fight a coyote <laughs> Than, than have to kill a kill a, a mouse, like coyote. Don't really, really, Brendan. I mean, yeah. coyote, I was gonna say mountain lion, but I'm not taking I, no mountain lion. I so. would rather fight a northern lynx. <laughs> northern lynx. Hey, coyotes here get pretty big, so it'd be like the size of a cat, you know. No, um, for real though, like I hate spiders. I hate anything creepy. Call it, dude. I hate stink bugs, like. Late, well, I swallowed a stink bug once. I, I think that's most of the reason why I hated it. But I hate all small things. So I can, I definitely feel you, Australian gentlemen. So I, how I are you afraid that. of, like, stink bugs? You already ate one. Like, it can't really do much worse to you. So. Like, there should be no threat from a stink so bug. So let me, let me, it's not that I'm afraid of them. I just can't stand them. So I was actually, it was like 8 o'clock at night. The lights were off. I was watching TV. I wanted to take a, <laughs> take a drink of my iced tea. You know, took a drink. I was like, what was that? Looked down in. There was another one still in my cup just swimming around. So I drank a stink bug, and there was still one in my cup. So now I have this this hate and slight fear of stink bugs. Like, I can't stand little creepy crawlies. There's that whole thing about spiders. The average person swallows, like, 57 spiders throughout their lifetime. Like, no thank you. I just, I stay away from small things. This this guy does realize he lives in Australia, right? <laughs> Everything out there is trying to kill you. Guys, they have tornadoes made out of fire in Australia. <laughs> Think about that. That's not a joke. It's a real thing. The the air like that gets dusty and it just catches on fire in little tornadoes that swirl around causing havoc. It's a literal like hellscape. Oh. So so actually one of my good friends um, I met actually while I was in Hawaii, he's in the Australia. Well, he was in the Australian Navy. He's out now. But uh, the first couple of times we hung out, you know, I was getting to know him and uh, I asked him, I was like, man, what do you guys do for fun in Australia? He's like, oh, I've been bit, been bit by a brownie about four times. And I'm like, it's a brownie. He's like, he's like brown snake. And I'm like, how? He's like, oh, we just get bored, mate. We go out and look for him. And then we just hit him in the face with sticks. <laughs> It's like the the deadliest snake on earth, and they're just looking for him to hit with hit with sticks. Oh my like, gosh, I can't even. It's, Australia is the Florida of the world. I hate snakes too. <laughs> the Florida, the Florida, <laughs> just Dude, crazy. A- Antoine, stuff. Antoine, Brandon's been hating on Florida the last couple episodes. Florida brings it on themselves. Florida's like the new <laughs> Afghanistan. I wouldn't go that far. (laughs) No, according to Brandon. It's the Wild West down there. (laughs) All right, so we have a video to play for you guys before we move into Antoine's story. So everybody can uh, check this out. All right. So, Antoine, your story, Mr. Patrick Mahomes. Well, first of all, listen, 
We all know Patrick Mahomes, the MVP, had a tremendous season and all that great stuff in football. But as a ball player, listen, looking at this video, he is a little suspect on his dribble. He needed to keep a little tight, <laughs> you know, you know, especially with the in and out crossover. But when he gets in the paint here, this spin move is about as quick as, you know, anybody. You know, so I mean, I, I really think that uh, he deserves a lot of credit. You know, I'm, I'm actually playing it right now as you're talking because apparently it didn't go through the first time. So everybody's everybody's watching it right now. That's pretty crazy, though. I mean that 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 this this spin move at the end is is vicious. You know, like he did that pretty quick. I mean, this guy. I mean, obviously he played in. We did a, you know, he's a pretty good athlete overall, but I was just very impressed by the spin move at the end. And obviously he completed with the, uh, the scoop layup. Yeah. I mean, I would say that I knew obviously that he played baseball, but I didn't, I can say that I didn't know that he played basketball and was, that had that type of talent. So that's, uh, I mean, you can obviously tell just in general, when you watch him play, that he's a talented individual, like he's athletic. Pat, Pat Mahomes athlete i'm telling you that's got to be his <laughs> that's going to yeah. be the it's going to be the next espn athlete. sponsor so athlete. you play football no i'm an athlete actually <laughs> i can play just about anything <laughs> i couldn't imagine that's just he's too talented kids yeah, just kid, be, kids good just being that talented is unreal but i'm not surprised at all i mean you watch He's so athletic, and then obviously, like Brennan said, you know, he's a really good baseball pro- uh, prospect. His dad was what in the majors for almost ten years, so yeah, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I can't. I have nothing bad to say about Mahomes, and I think that the Chiefs are going to be. Uh, I thought the Chiefs were going to be picking up Antonio Brown, but I don't know after this whole domestic abuse thing that came out today. Did you guys see that? Uh, it's said a domestic incident and that he wasn't arrested. So I'm assuming it wasn't a physical altercation. Maybe they had a loud argument. Maybe. That would be. I well, But I haven't read anything we'll see. about the it. N- the no, NFL no. likes to penalize these uh, high-caliber players even though they don't get you know arrested or there's no charges or anything. I mean, like, like Zeke and uh, what's, uh, what's the defensive end's name that went to the Redskins? He, did he go to the Redskins? And he, Ooh, he Foster? Was, yeah, but the NFL is saying they're still looking at uh, sus- po- possible suspension, even though the charges were dropped. Yeah, so, I feel like that's more of a that that's going to fall in the same line with Zeke, though. It's just a pattern because I this is like the third time, and I'm as bam as they come. But Foster, man, this is like the third time he's been accused. So I think it's going to be more of a pattern of misconduct. Well, my um, my own personal opinion is. If you're not charged for something, I find it hard to suspend somebody. I would say maybe fining, like find them for their improper conduct and make the fines go up. But like to suspend somebody from the season because, I don't know, just, I mean, stuff happens, man. We all make mistakes, but like obviously there's not enough there for somebody to like get arrested or charges to be pressed. Yeah, so I think, but I, I think the, I think the, um, the thing is, it's not like the league is penalizing them for doing what it is they allegedly did, right? It's not, it's not that the league is punishing them because they allegedly hit somebody or did actually hit somebody. They're punishing them because that brought the league bad press. So while they're they're definitely off on their criminal charges, uh, or they're not, you know, either they're found guilty or not. But in, in like Zeke's case, he was he got out of his criminal charges, um, but the league is punishing him for for a different crime, and that's for making the league look bad just by being involved in that. And whether or not it's his fault, that's okay, just so, I think the risk. So the league, so fine him, and make the money that he pays you know, go towards him, the bad publicity or press that they can put into marketing or advertising to fix it. Instead, they suspend him, which, I mean, yeah, view, that view, kinda, viewership, that viewership's going to go down. It's going to make the NFL yeah. look worse to a lot of people. Like, 
I don't think that they're necessarily but making I don't think that, look But better. I don't think that that, that think didn't that, even hold true, though. Viewership didn't go down when I mean, they, when mean, they did for, suspend For them. one, we don't know that. I mean, no, yeah. I mean, viewer, viewership view, ratings are the highest they've been in years. Well, he also wasn't suspended this year. I'm talking oh, about this year. I'm, I'm talking about like in general, like where the the how was the viewership for Dallas Cowboy fans or whatever? Like you know, well, it wasn't it wasn't down. It actually would have went down if they would allow him to play. You know, because at the end of the day, you know, people are saying, you know, he did X, Y, and Z. You know, and when you're talking about egregious, you know, something egregious like, you know, molesting a woman or hitting a woman or anything of that nature, you know, p- people want to see what you're going to do as the boss. So you're a Cowboys fan. And yeah, did and I'm you a, agree. I'm a, and did you agree with it? No one is saying this, you know, because do I agree with the length of the suspension? The answer was no. But do I agree with him getting suspended? Yes, he caught, he was caught on camera several times. I mean, when they were on the boat, he pulling um, the the girl uh, shirt down. How you represent the league is very very important. They have a brand to protect, you know. So you're not, you know, Jordan's right. It has nothing to do with the criminal charges. It's totally separate. You're disrespecting. You're embarrassing. You are causing the league to lose money at the end of the day because you you know you're you're hurting the brand. Bottom line. Let's be honest. They, they let the, they the let Julian look bad on their own. Yeah, and they let Julian Edelman be MVP of the Super Bowl, and he was just he was suspended this season. Yeah. Well, fine, so. guys. You all, you all can just fight me on it then. <laughs> all right, so we'll move. That's uh, usually how this goes. I know. I'm like I'm the odd one out all the time. So uh, we're gonna move on to Super Bowl talk. I know that that's probably what everybody wants to hear us argue about. That's probably what's going to happen. Thirteen um, to three. Yeah, thirteen to three. New England Patriots barely squeeze a win out of uh, the Super Bowl against the Rams. So, who actually was? Who actually thought? Who enjoyed this game? I did. I loved it. Yeah, I loved every I second it. of it. You, you being serious? I almost I fell did. asleep. I really multiple, did multiple times. I got here. It is, I got here. It is Jordan. I got here. It is one. I thought it was. I you just thought it was a great football floor, game. You have the floor, sir. Oh, good. Oh, I love this every second of the Super Bowl. I thought it was great. I just I loved so my interest in the the matchup was um, sure. McVay Belichick. Like I wanted to see who outcoached whom, and I think Belichick outcoached the crap out of him. But I thought so much there were so many cool things happening on basically every down for both defenses that it was just it was just incredible to see how the game plans just sort of matched out up until basically that fourth quarter where the Rams had just spent too much time on the field. And I thought it was just masterful defensive play and really interesting to watch on like a down by down basis to see what was happening and what was going on with like the, the Jared Goss route trees throughout the game and how they started to get shorter and shorter because they were just absolutely savaging that pocket. Like it was just cool. I thought it was such a good game. I, I don't care about scoring as much as everybody else. Like to me, those games are boring. Um, there's like no excitement in it for me because there's not much. Well, there is a lot of craft, but I like craft on the defensive side of the ball better than on the offensive side of the ball. So and I just thought it was so good. I agree with Jordan because I, I you know, I thought it was kind of nice that America got reminded of the age old saying. Defense wins championships. And my immediately or my immediate thought went back to, I think, 2012 when. Denver brought this high-flying offense in with Peyton, and nobody gave the Seahawks a chance. And the Seahawks' defense just completely shut the offense down. But in this game, it was more of a defense-versus-defense game. And, yeah, I agree with everything Jordan said. I think Belichick, he just brought a great game plan. And you got to give it up to the Rams, too, because their defense was on the field for a long time. Oh, my goodness gracious. And and that, I mean, that is, the failing was that something was up with that offense. The Rams offense was, and I mean, part of it was that the Patriots put so much pressure on Jared Goff, Mm -hmm. so much pressure on him. And, you know, I've heard it throughout the season and people, you know, pundits talk about it. And I heard Kirk Cousin give an interview uh, or give like one of his 
pump up talks about when they played Jared Goff that he's a rookie and the, the deal with the rookie is to to make them feel like they're in over their head and that seems pretty intuitive but when you've got a really good offensive line those rookies can get into rhythm but he just never got the chance to um and I think you know Todd Gurley changes this game if he I don't think he's healthy I think there's something more going on there um but I think if he if if he were healthy, that this game changes and the scoring opens up a lot, and the defensive ha- defenses have to open up a lot. Um, but they were both fighting for yards just the whole game. Yeah, I, I think if you would have told me before the game, okay, what what needs to like if the Patriots win, what happens, or if the Rams win, what happens? And my answer for if the Patriots win and it was as close of a game as it was, I was going to say. The young quarterback makes a crucial mistake under five minutes left in the game, and sure enough, um, it happened. Um, yeah. Here's here's something I also, just want to add real quick: is the Super Bowl is the one game that the NFL really has to reach out and to pull in your casual football fans and and have them become. I don't want to say, you know, nowhere near a diehard football fan, but make them want to watch football more, get into it, or maybe enjoy it with their spouse more or whatever the case may be. It's like the one big extravagant game that like people who don't usually watch football, they come to the parties and they watch football. And on Twitch, um, Jim Chetta said, as a casual football fan, it was very hard to watch. You Correct. Know? So I don't disagree with that at all. That, I, don't, and, and I, think, I, I think that has to go into, you know, that kind of goes into my, like, if I looked at it just from 100% my perspective of was it a high-quality football game, the answer may go a little bit more towards yes than no. But, you know, looking at it from a football standpoint, from the Super Bowl standpoint, from a, a business standpoint, which for some reason my brain always does this, looks at the bigger picture, my, my perception is it was a boring game. It was a terrible game. The commercials did not make up for it this year. The halftime show was the, one of the worst I've ever seen in my life. So, like <laughs> in general, like this was a very sad game. People watch the so, Super Bowl to watch very entertaining football. You know what I mean? In in week one, week two, week three, even week fourteen, fifteen, that was a solid game. You know what I mean? Defense is battling it out. Offense is struggling because the defenses are playing so well. But in the Super Bowl, that is a that was a terrible Super Bowl to watch. So I, I think, you know, most of them aren't like this. I mean, this is the second lowest or the the lowest scoring game of all time. Um, and the last one was fifty years ago that got and it was it was even, you know, in the twenties combined score. Um so you know, most of them are really exciting. Last year was really exciting. Um and was better as well, just in terms of the the quality of the production and the halftime show and the commercials. Um, and it was uh, so I think every now and again, it's good to have one for fans like me. I'm like the quiet guy. I'm a very quiet football fan. I really like to watch the game and see what's happening. Like the old um, what was it? Two K when Two K Sports had the football game. You could play it in like coach mode as opposed to playing as a player you could play as a coach that's what i used to do that's how i like the game um so every now and again one of those for for this type of fan i don't think is is that terrible i mean the the game itself was probably bad for business but it was actually an excellent football game and that's why the players play to play excellent football games like that too so well i don't know well my opinion on this is is pretty as far as the play, I, I thought it was I thought it was cool to see a defensive game. You know, I, I like watching defense and so forth like that. But I thought this game came down to McVay, and I thought he did a terrible job. I mean, I, absolutely horrible job on offense. If you I think look, he did at, too. If, if you if you look at the, I think he overthought this game. Um, to say that he had two weeks to prepare for this game, I understand he's going against Belichick. And all this stuff, but I really think he, you know, just simply made this more complicated than it needed to be. He went away from what was working. Um, they really didn't even move the ball 
until, you know, the 11th minute mark in the fourth quarter, you mm-hmm. know? Um, yeah. So I, I, I think while Bill, Bill Belichick deserves a lot of credit, you know, for the way the defense, the way they were stunting, the way instead of going side to side, like most people do, especially going against a zone um, offense, um, as far as zone scheme, as far as their blocking, you know, they went vertical. They went straight up the field, you know, which disrupted a lot of stuff. But I really thought that uh, McVay did a, you know, no disrespect to my man, and he's a, a, a genius and everything, but I thought he did a horrible job. Absolutely horrible job. Yeah, I thought he did a – the one thing that really surprised me was um, you can just kind of tell from the first quarter he wasn't worried about trying to get golf confidence at all. You know, you have a, a quarterback starting in his first Super Bowl, 22, 23 years old. You want some short throws for him. You know, especially they're bringing that much pressure, which I was really surprised with the Rams' offensive line that's been one of the best in the league all year, and they were getting absolutely scorched. Yeah, I mean, that, that Patriots defensive line was playing obnoxious. Yeah. <clears throat> but, yeah, but, like, if well, real quick, though, the, the how much – I'm asking – let me pose this question to, to you guys, though. How much of it was because their defensive line, defensive line was simply coming off the ball every single play, every play they were, they were coming off the field, versus the offensive line, which was just simply taking it because they were sitting in – they were passing most of the game. They weren't trying to yeah. establish the run. So there was no, there was no, you know, meet me in the trenches. You know, it was like, okay, let me hold you while we do a bootleg for the third time in a row. Well, one thing I noticed was, I mean, I think that from a viewer perspective, it seemed like their main goal was to shut Todd Gurley down early. And as soon as they did that, they I feel like Belichick is smart enough to know that if they shut Gurley down early, he was they were going to abandon the run just looking at the last two games, at least they were going to abandon Gurley, which they did very early. I mean, he finished the game with 10 carries for 35 yards. Yeah, um, because they an attempt to give him the ball. Yeah, yeah I mean, at, at the beginning, they gave him the ball twice in, the, in the first two drives, and I think they were like negative – well, I think they were both either no gain or negative carries, and then they gave C.J. Anderson two or three. They gave him like the whole third drive. And he ended up with like six carries that drive for what, like eighteen yards or something. And it's just you know they ended up giving Gurley a couple more here and there. But yeah, I mean, but I don't think I think that, Gurley's I don't think, more I don't think injured than they let on. I I think I don't know. He there were a couple where he broke like those ten eleven yard gains where, I mean, he looked he looked pretty explosive. He looked fine. But then yeah, they were he just, looked fine. They're just I don't know. I mean, this is going on three games now. You know, he played so well. Got that his knee started acting up, so I mean it probably is, but I think that that was a part of the Patriots' game plan was to make sure, hey, we shut this down early. They abandon it, and now it's like like you said, now they can keep their defensive line fresh because they know they're passing, so they're keeping it fresh. And then they just, I mean, I don't think Goff. I think Goff was on the ground more in the first half than he was. What they say, like the whole season, the entire season, yeah. like. That's, that's, and that, especially as a young quarterback, that's hard. Yeah, that's hard in accept. the biggest game of your life. Yeah, yeah, they they rattled the ever living crap out of him, like yeah. no doubt. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, a, a, a quarterback best friend is the run game. You know, oh, there yeah. is no way that, especially when your defense is doing a very good. Listen, defense played a great game. The Rams' defense played an awesome game. Yeah, they, they really did. Even even with the fact that Gurley and, and Anderson didn't even barely got the ball the first half, right? They, they you're still you're still in the ball game. It's three three, it's three three, and you and you stop running the ball. Yeah, I mean if you, you lo- if you if you look at the statistics, like if you look at the statistics during the game, Brady didn't play that much better than Goff. Two hundred sixty two yards and an interception. Goff had two twenty nine in an interception. But what? Look at the rushing. I mean, if you look at the way that the ru- the the run game impacted the Patriots' offense compared to the off like the run game of the Rams, I mean, it's night and day. Thirty-two rushes to eighteen rushes, and more impactful rushes than the Rams. So, of course, that's going to open up the passing <laughs> game 
what bothered me was crazy is that whenever Tom Brady, when, when the Patriots would literally run the same play three plays in a row, the exact same play, and they threw the ball to the exact same person three times in a row. <laughs> well, no, it was three, no, he it was climbed three the different ladder. receivers. No, it was, it was three different three, receivers. Three different he climbed people. the ladder. He climbed yeah, the ladder. It's crazy. They were, they, were, they, were the same, they were the same four routes, but they were running them out of different sort of looks, um, different pre-snap looks. And then I think they motioned one of the routes um, on the second play. But Gronk was open on all three. They just... Down the scene. Just, yep. yeah. Ro- just Ro- Romo showed a whole bunch of times that, that Goff missed wide open progressions that he Romo's like, how'd you miss that? Like, yep. How how do you also how do you miss that? I got it. Guys, Nance Romo might be my favorite set of announcers. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love them. They're so good together. Tony <laughs> Romo cracks me up. Man. I definitely like Romo more as a as an announcer than I ever did as a quarterback. But then again I'm not a Cowboys <laughs> yeah. fan, so but I, I can I appreciate him a lot in the announcer booth. Like he no no no. See here's good. the deal. You appreciate him more as an announcer. He was a very good quarterback too. Just saying. He was also a quarterback. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's where I know that name from. He played for he played for the the Browns, right? Oh, man. oh Antoine, wasn't he also a? Uh... He was a extra point field goal holder as well, right? <laughs> wow. So you're going to hold the, his first season? His first season? Not even his full season. He took over that year. Oh, now, you're never going to let that go, huh? No. Man. Never. Oh, <laughs> man. That's hilarious. Oh, I do so, like Teddy Romo, though. So one thing I will say is the the Patriots, whether Gronk is there next year or not, um. I was looking – now, I looked very quickly, so I, I may be wrong. But it seems like most of the players they have are still under contract for next year. Yeah. Uh, I, have a, I have a legit question. I, can I, I just add something real quick? Did you guys just hear that so, giant crash by I any did. chance? I did. My cat. Yeah. That's my cat trying to get into the room where I record. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> he's, he's savage. I was wondering what that was. It sounded like ice falling off of a roof or something. No, it's my freaking cat. <laughs> That's hilarious. I should let him in, but then he's going to be loud. <laughs> <laughs> no louder than the crash against the door. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. I mean, you guys make a valid point. Uh, but anyway, just an update on Gronk today. I tuned into the parade like right when it started, and I watched Gronk before the parade started, chugged an entire bottle of champagne. So Gronk is still Gronk. <laughs> but go ahead. Antoine. I mean, Gronk, Gronk showed that he was Gronk when he when they needed him. I mean, what was the drive on the end of the third quarter when he threw him like yeah. three straight passes in a row? Like, oh, yeah. I mean, he's still Gronk. It's just can he be Gronk all season? Like that's that's Dude, his biggest Gronk. issue. Gronk, right, Gronk's got to retire, guys. He's got to retire. He's not going to retire. But here's my question. Here's my question. How much of the Patriots' success? Is is because their division is that bad? You think about it. Everybody else thing? is getting beat up, you know, all season. You know, their con- their their divisional games really matter. You know, all this other crap, right? So when they get in the playoffs, you know, they're they're using that week to get healthy. You know, whatever. I feel like the Patriots, you know, like th- that's why they always get so much better as the season progresses, especially towards the end, and then it's like, well, where did this defense come from? Or where, or where, when did they, why didn't they play like this all year? Their defense never looked better than the playoffs. Yeah, I, I would say that it, it's no bigger difference than Belichick just being the greatest NFL coach ever. I mean, I, yeah. I do get what you're saying, though. That division is really weak. That division is horrible. They and had I, the most coaching changes by far of any division. By fall. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, when they, when they needed to step up and play, though, three weeks in a row, they did. No, but that's that. But that's my point. Is it because they're just, you know, at, at some point, you know, skill subsides, right? And you have to just say, all right, who's fresher? I would argue that their defense, who have not been very good all year, you know, all of a sudden now they know how to stop the run. You know, now they're back in. You know, all of a sudden, their their older guys in the back end look like they're twenty. 
years old again. I mean, like, how much of that is due to they literally may only play half the season because I, they only they don't have to play the I, full season. I think, that's, I think that's part of it. But, I mean, they still lost five games. I mean, they're mm-hmm. still playing games and losing. So I, I don't know that it's as big – it makes as big a difference because we've seen dominant teams come out of weak conferences and then lose. But cool. the Patriots do it and win. Like who? And I'm not saying I'm not saying like every season, but the year Denver went to the Super Bowl. The year Denver went to the Super Bowl? Yeah, the first year when they got beaten by Seattle. Manny? Yes. Their their division wasn't that great that year. But they looked good. And that's yeah, what I mean. I don't, I don't you know? think I don't think the Chiefs, Chargers, or Raiders really had a solid squad that year. Yeah. No, I so but that I, I mean I don't think not not that it doesn't make a difference, but I just think we've seen other teams sort of do the same thing but not be successful. But the Patriots just continue to be successful. Yeah, and I think I think that's got to be more than that. Correct me if I'm wrong, though, Jordan and anybody else. The year that Denver went to the Super Bowl with Peyton Manning, they had a top three defense. That was a top three the whole year. They're that's true. Them that's in true. The game, every single game. Like, this is not what we're talking about. We're not talking about an offense that was top ten. We're not talking about a defense that was top ten. We're talking about a mediocre Patriots team that simply win their division because everybody else sucks. And then now they're well-rested while everybody else is hurting, you know, in the playoffs, and here they come. Playoffs? Man, I don't know. Well, I mean, at I the same, know, I don't know that I don't know that they're I don't know that they're getting beat up all that much less than all the other teams because they're out there yeah. playing games too, and they're losing them. They're, so they're not they're, they're not losing in division though. Remember, you're playing two times in a division. They're not losing yeah. division. But you got to remember too, they're the Patriots. Hold on, didn't they lost? Yeah, they're kind of like the Dolphins, right? Yeah, I know they at least yeah. lost one yeah. of the Dolphins. Yeah, they they lost in the come on. I was in the beginning on a fluke. I mean, come on. But that's proving my that just showing my point here. Like their defense has been suspect the entire year. It was so suspect that I was wondering why, you know, Flores, you know, who's now the new head head coach of the Dolphins, why why he's even getting a shot here, you know? And I'm like, what is he what has he done this year? Well, in the postseason, the Patriots play have played. 21 extra games since I think in the Belichick era. So they've played an entire extra season compared to all the other teams. So I think it probably levels out. Yeah. And, and like you said, I mean, you had a mediocre defense, but all that shows me is the Rams didn't have any major injuries. Did they? The Chiefs didn't have any. What do you mean besides Gurley? Now, let me. He wasn't even on the injury report. Yeah, but let's look at their road, though, Brandon. You're talking about they just coming off a hard fought fought game against a very good Saints team. That's number one. Then, the week before that, they played against a a, a Dallas Cowboy team, a top five defense. You know, you're you're playing against. I mean, they earned their right to be there. I mean, the Patriots played the Chargers. The Patriots in Arrowhead. In Arrowhead. Here's what I'm saying, though. But that's in a postseason. But even going back to the regular season, look look at the look how hard the Rams had to – they had to play every game. They had to play every game. You can't say that about the Patriots. You can't. I mean, was it week 15 – week 14 they lost to the Dolphins. 15, they lost to the Steelers. Pulled it out, what, one and a half scores against the Bills. Blew the Jets out of the water and then played the Chargers and the Chiefs. So, I mean, they technically lost two out of their last four uh, postseason games. And they beat the Chargers twice this year, right? And that was Kansas City's biggest, you know, they they won 12 games this year. And both their lo- – well, two of their losses was to New England. I mean, I, I kind of get what you're saying, Antoine. I just – I think that – in the NFL, it's hard to to win as many games as they did if you're like kind of lackadaisically playing football. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't think it's like in college where you know you're coming off like Alabama, you're coming off an LSU game in Death Valley, and then you follow it up with Citadel and you rest players. You don't rest players in the NFL unless 
you lock up a bye, which New England didn't. So they had to play. So, I mean, I do get what you're saying. You know, their road may have been a little less tough, but I don't think it it played as big a factor as Belichick and the Patriots coaching staff just simply out-coaching the Rams. So, so do you think that if you put— And their ability to change their identities, as it, like identity as a team, during the season is better than any other team. Yeah, and, and that was Sony. Is. That was Sony. Yeah, that was Sony. That was a lot of Sony. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think that if you put them in the AFC West, do you think they're, well, not even, do you think they're even division champs? Do you I don't know about division. It, it depends on who you switch them out for. They're not. Either way, they're not division champs with the Chiefs and the Chargers in there. But I don't know. I think that with the Chargers, they would be. Take take the Raiders out. No. I mean, there's either, I, I, either way, they're not division champs with the Chiefs in there. It's the, the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs. I think that them beating the Chiefs twice is is honestly a fluke. I don't know. I just the Chiefs are. I, thought, I don't. I thought I the don't. Chiefs I think were Bill a much better, a better coach team. than Andy Reid. Yeah, and and Hands here's my, here's my thing as well. I mean, even if they're not division champs, if they make it into the playoffs, even if they are, they make it in on the last seed. I'm still taking Belichick and Brady in de- December and January. Absolutely. I, I absolutely no, am. I think it changes. I think it changes everything. I think it because because of the foundation I'm standing on here, I'm standing on the foundation that they don't have to play a whole season to get to the playoffs. If they're forced to play a whole season, I think you see, you know, the Belichick is going to be great and all the other good stuff, but I just don't see them – taking people by surprise when they play so well because I just don't think they're going to be that fresh. I, I just don't. I just don't think it's that easy of a role. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I can kind of understand. I, I kind of see what you're saying. I just I just think it's hard in the NFL when you're at that level of football to, to really, like, quote, take a week off or not play your hardest and get these victories. I, I just – I think it's very hard to do. But I do want to say Sonny Michelle looked fantastic as always. Uh, Julian Edelman was a freaking uncoverable animal in this Super Bowl game. Brandon Cooks played well more towards the second half of the game. Um, But that New England backfield, like I said, I believe they're all on contract for next year. If Burkhead can stay healthy, I mean, honestly, Burkhead is not, he's not fantastic, but he plays very well. And he, he's a great uh, alternate back to Sony Michelle. You know, kind of like bigger, bulkier on the, you know, within the five-yard line, kind of just like running through people. And James White's obviously catching balls out of the backfield. I mean, they James have a White's solid like, squad. like a little, uh, like a mini, or not even mini, but like a separate version of Tariq Cohen in that offense. They've got, I, that backfield is good. That backfield is good. I don't like to touch it in fantasy because you don't know which one is going to go off. I mean, I'm still I'm points, still drafting Sony but... Michelle. I mean, it's oh yeah, far. yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm not taking him in the first round though. No, and I'm not taking the first round. Here, here's the thing that blows my mind about New England, and it always does every year. You put almost any of those backs on a team, except Michelle, on a team other than New England, and they fade away. But New England is just so good at maximizing players' abilities that they turn they turn them into pro bowlers. Well, Bill Belichick even said that he would rather sign undrafted players or draft people later in a draft because they play harder. They play with that extra hump on their back. Like <coughs> he said that during the pre, like one of the press conferences during the pre like pre Super Bowl, he likes those people. Also he, he goes after them. Speaking of sort of the draft also, I'm pretty sure they have seven picks in the first three rounds. They have like seven picks in the top one hundred in this draft. If that's true, that's crazy. I I'd have to check that, but it's a lot. It's they're they're just gonna reload. <laughs> yeah, they don't yeah, have to rebuild. Somebody they just for... reload. It's yeah. So what uh what NBA talk do we got other than uh, Anthony Davis and uh, 
the whole Lakers fiasco. Well, I mean, that's the biggest one. You know, Anthony wow. Davis, where is he going to go? Is he going to get traded? Is he not? Um, there's a couple sides to it. This is my take. If I'm the Pelicans and I'm their front office, I'm saying, if I'm Dell Demps, I'm like, hey, listen, we're trying to stretch this thing out as, as long as possible and get to the offseason. Because if we get to the offseason, now we can get his true value from the from the Celtics. Right now, because of the clause that's with Kyrie Irving, he cannot it's it's almost impossible for him to get traded to the Celtics. But they have the most. They have they have the the draft picks, they have obviously the young players, you know, to give them the, you know, the the proper leverage. I mean proper um, you know, trade. You know, so if I'm trying my best to get to the offseason if I'm them. Uh, the Lakers simply isn't going to happen. They don't have enough. They don't have enough. It's, it's June 1st, isn't it, Antoine, before Boston can actually, you know, attempt to, attempt. to get AD? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I think I agree with you. You know, even though the Lakers, are, I mean, they're pretty much throwing the keys to the city at them. And what the, this, this latest one was Hart, is it Zubak or Zubak? I can never remember. Ingram. Kuzma ball two first round picks and basically what they're paying the salary cap for Hill. Yeah, I think it's like twelve million they they would absorb. And they're still saying no. Like the Lakers seem the last thing I just read like four hours ago, the Lakers seem to have just said, like, we're done. (laughs) Like it's very it's, it's just unreasonable. I saw this meme with Magic Johnson that was like, I'll give you Ball, Ingram, uh, Kuzma, two firsts, and the cure. Awesome. <laughs> I, I saw, I saw the one that it was LeBron saying. It said uh, at the top, "How many people you trade for AD?" And it was him saying, "Not one, not two, not three, not four, not five. <laughs> it was, uh, it was pretty good. But yeah, I mean that that whole there. I, I was watching. Uh, I don't remember what show I was watching this morning, but they're saying that like the ownership group and stuff, it, it's a bad, uh, it would be a bad thing, to, a bad standard to set if this trade goes, if a trade goes through with him having a year and a half left on his contract, you know, for him to well, be able gonna, to kind of disregard that. You know how much money he's going to, he's going to lose. He's going to lose. Seriously. He's going to lose about a hundred million dollars. Anthony Davis. But you know, he, he already said he, he doesn't care about the money, but, when it's all said and done, he's going to lose about $100 million. That's crazy. That's a lot yeah, of money. New Orleans was prepared to give him what, like $250 million? Or Yeah, just something like that. Something but absurd. He, he, he would have gotten a little north uh, with the Pelicans, a little north of $300 million. Yeah. Yeah, that's absurd. I, but my big knock Kids. on Kids. Anthony Davis is – Go outside, pick up a basketball – and start watching some YouTube videos and learn, learn how to shoot. Learn Be how to play defense. Once. <laughs> Have a unibrow. And then, well, then then pick, then pick up a baseball. Learn how to throw it. That, yeah. Deflate that football like the Patriots. Just throw it in the garage and just let it go. Pick up a baseball bat. Pick up a basketball and just go that route. Antoine, I want to get your take on this though, real quick. I mean, I'd, I I watch a decent amount of basketball, more college than NBA, but I follow the NBA. Um, so my big knock on AD is always availability. It seems like every time I'm I'm turning on TV, he's out for two to three weeks. So that that would scare me, giving up two first round picks, three players that I'm building, Listen, you know, the foundation guy, around. This guy's talent is just. It, there, there's nothing like it. You know, he was – I was arguing – actually, on this podcast, I was arguing that he should have been the MVP. This dude was averaging almost 37 points a game during a stretch. He was averaging almost 37 points a game, 17 to 20 rebounds, and eight to nine blocks. Yeah, I think that was actually uh, against my Trailblazers in the playoffs, if I remember correctly. <laughs> So, I mean, like, the the way this guy plays the game, I mean, he goes inside, outside. And what I really like about him, because it's a lost art, is his ability to play defense. 
Like yeah. the, the his ability to guard the pick and roll is 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 just something that I mean you, you can't you can't argue. I mean, I, I I just don't know. I don't I don't I don't know what you say to that. Like that that value is just unbelievable. Being able to guard. Can you imagine how much easier it would be if everybody had an Anthony Davis? You know, and you know, like when you're playing against a James Harden or a Chris Paul, you know, you know, even Michelle or anybody like that, they're all they do is keep you in a pick and roll the entire game and say, What you gonna do? You can't really do that with Anthony Davis. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. That's I I just didn't know how much the injury concerns would be. I, don't, I, I think I take. think for me for me though, in all seriousness, I think after Boogie went down. And he carried. He literally carried the team. You couldn't mm-hmm. keep another uh, another starter on their team when before they traded. You couldn't. I'm pretty sure. I'm actually pretty sure. On one of our episodes, you asked us to do that. Yeah, and we it, couldn't. You couldn't do it. I'm pretty sure we ran that bit before, and we couldn't do it. Yeah, Drew Holiday. Uh, each one more. Uh, but like, but like the fact that you is is so difficult to do that. And they're winning because he's just putting up a ridiculous average in all categories. It's, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. So here's the newest. Uh, this update just came out, what would it be, like a couple hours ago. Los Angeles Lakers president of basketball operations, Magic Johnson, wants the New Orleans Pelicans to start offering counterproposals to offers on all-star Anthony Davis, threatening to end talks unless the Pelicans – show a willingness to engage in a back-and-forth on reaching a deal. They're not going to end talks because Magic Johnson's job was laying on this trade. Gosh. You know that scene from uh, Tombstone? Have you guys seen the movie Tombstone? A long time ago. (laughs) So I just picture the Pelicans saying, well, bye. (laughs) (laughs) Don't counteroffer because then you set a floor. Correct. Well, I just say keep it coming. And yeah, I mean, there's they have so many offers probably coming in that a, like a counter trade. offer would be kind of stupid. So yep. to get into uh, some college football here, Brandon, we'll let you take it away. Oh, uh, I mean, nothing really. I know we had a couple people last uh, week kind of message me and ask about you know if we follow college recruiting. Uh, so <clears throat> National Signing Day, well, late signing period is tomorrow. Um, so I'll have more for next week for you guys listening that want to hear about it. Um, there's really there's really not too much to cover until everything's said and done. I uh, actually saw a crazy, you know, with the early signing day period a couple of months ago, um, that over 85% of the ESPN Top 300 signed early. Um, then, you know, of course, we can tra- cover the transfer portal uh, issues with the early signing period, like players committing to schools and then the head coaches up and leaving. You know, I think there's some issues with that, but everything's pretty, pretty normal in the uh, recruiting world. I think right now, class rankings, Alabama's one, Georgia's two, Texas A&M's three. I think Clemson's four. Um, really the only, the only thing, uh, especially with the transfer portal is I don't know if you guys saw this, but Penn state actually has 12 players in the transfer portal. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Enough to field one side of the ball, which I think <laughs> yeah, is they, uh, absurd. But they, they have a lot of weird depth at positions where kids probably aren't going to play. Like I, I get it. I get it. It sucks, but I get it. Yeah. That's, I have my own opinion on, you know, obviously, I'm fine with with players that graduate and want to leave. Um, or I don't players like that... this. I don't like this new, this whatever thing, the no. exigent circumstances or whatever they're calling it. That's letting kids play in their transfer year. I don't like that. No, I don't either. Because you, what you're starting to see now is you're having kids that were top five overall in the country come to a school their freshman year. They don't play, so they quit and they leave. Yeah, Tate Martell. No. Yeah, or Justin Fields. You know, it's. I just think it's absurd. Like even Alabama today had. uh, I think last. Well, yeah, last year we signed this defensive end, uh, Ayabi Anoma, out of Maryland. He was the number three overall player. 
he came this year, made SEC fresh all freshman team. Uh, you know, he he played in all twelve games. Obviously, he wasn't a significant player, but I just saw he's putting his name in the portal now, and it's like, well, bye. You know, like if you're not going to sit and be all in, then it's almost better. Maybe you should leave. But, you know, everybody has their reasoning. I won't get into that. You know, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, talk smack about high school fresh or high school seniors and college freshmen wanting to leave and stuff. You know, that's obviously their decision. But, yeah, I just think that tra- ooh, 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 the AAF kickoff this Saturday. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> I'm excited for more football, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Season's just starting, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Who's in on the fantasy league? Let's well, play well, AAF well, fantasy. I'm, 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 a, I'm a little bit more uh, seriously. Let's play AAF fantasy. I'm invested. I'm invested yeah. a little bit because John Kittner just came from the AAF, so I want to see what type of what in the world this is about. You know, seriously. guys. I'm googling if we can play AAF. I think you can on Yahoo. I think you can on Yahoo, guys. Yeah. It, guys. And they have some, like, really good coaches, too. Like, Mike Vick's an offensive coordinator. I think Heinz Ward's an offensive coordinator. Paul Amalu, I think, is a defensive coordinator. Guys. So, like, some really good football players associated guys. with it. What? We need to play fantasy and then talk about it as a segment on the show and lock down the AAF fantasy sports <laughs> podcast market now can we, we do it do it i'll i'll send out I'll, I'll i will create the league tonight we'll draft sometime this week i didn't go to players bro <laughs> what <laughs> nobody does qb1 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 i'll take him qb1 <laughs> Oh my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Thanks for uh, tuning in, guys. Hope you all enjoyed it, and we will be back next week.